Hello and welcome to Films and Swearing. This is what happens if you let two cunts for five record a movie podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Sutherland, and joining me tonight is Cousin Mike. Man, you need to stop with that Cousin Mike shit. I mean, it's like we're almost like incest. No, it just uh, makes you sound like you, you're like a religious cult. I, I get the image of like Friar Tuck when I say the word Cousin nah, Mike. Nah, just whenever I hear the word Cousin Mike, it always reminds me of like fucking Cletus for the Simpsons. Ah, oh, no, I see, I think to, like, the American office, because one, like, like Dwight Schrute, that Rain Wilson character, um, he has, like, a weird farm cousin cried Cousin Mose, and, like, he just chases... Cousin Mose? Mose, like, M-O-S, <laughs> and, like, when they were driving to the farm, he would chase the cars, he'd just be out in the fields, chase them. so I just think of, think of him every time I say Cousin Mike, uh, <laughs> I'd be outside chasing traffic. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to episode 135, The Burbs. Yeah. Before we get to The Burbs, we're going to mention that after uh, this episode, actually no, after our Call of Heroes episode with me and Tom KW, we'll be starting 80s season, uh, which will go for uh, 10 weeks, approximately. Uh, 10 weeks, uh. Uh, so we, we will be covering a film from each year of the 80s. I think Decided we... by you. Yes, I we, we've chosen four films and then we're going to throw it up on our Twitter page, uh, twitter.com forward slash FAS podcast and give you a chance to vote which one you want to hear us talk about. Now, we've already decided what we're going to do for the 1980. Uh, uh, well, we've, we've got our final four. Uh, the final and four. Maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, I'll make the poll live, so and I'll put it on for a couple of days, so ah, folks got a good chance to listen to it, because by the time this happens, and Call of Heroes, like, by the time Call of Heroes comes out for folks to listen to it, it should be decided on what film we'll be reviewing. Ah. So I think, what was our choices? Uh, Raging Bull, Caddyshack, um... The Fog, and Aye. The Young Master. Aye. So a wee mixture of horror, golf, comedy, mm. Jackie Chan kung fu film. Depressing boxing with Bob De Niro. Aye. <laughs> Watched Bob De Niro's body mass index fucking fluctuate throughout a film. Aye, you made that fucking put on a lot of weight for that film. <laughs> I've only ever watched the film once all the way through, and that was a high school, so. Aye, I. I think when I was going through like a Robert De Niro phase, I'd I got a copy of it. It's like a steelbook DVD. And watched that I get two or three to uh, probably no more than three times. But it's a hard film to get fucked to watch. Ah, uh, it's black and white. Is it? Black and white. Yeah. It's no. Is it? They they chose to be black and white. Uh. Oh, no wonder some of the bits in it. But anyway, that's cute thing. Aye. So yeah, keep an eye on our Twitter page because we'll be going through throughout the years of that decade so there's a good chance to see some some pretty good John Carpenter films uh, some some Rocky films Um, what else is really a fucking proper 80s franchise the ones that were packed the only ones that were really like sequels was like the Rocky ones yeah um, and Aaron Jones aye you got some indie in there Ah, that's it. Some John Hughes. There oh, could be a chance of that, and maybe Thank a chance. God, there's no fucking sixteen candles or pretty and pink selections. <laughs> I was not prepared to pick any of them. And the same with a wee bit of fucking Stanley Kubrick, yeah, the Coen Brothers. Mm. Maybe a wee bit Van Damme. You never know. Plenty of stuff in there. So that's what we'll be doing in a couple of weeks for the next ten weeks. But in the meantime, we're sticking to the eighties. With the burbs. Now, let's play the spoiler alert music. Oh, you've got it. That should be loud enough. So, for the folk that haven't seen the burbs, I think the message uh, to psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases, all over the world is you don't want to listen to this podcast unless you've, you want to have the burbs spoiled. Because, uh, frankly, we're not going to take it anymore, you know? We're not 
content to look after our lawns, wax our cars, paint our houses. We're out to spoil the burbs, Mike. We're out to spoil the burbs. <laughs> that was very crisp then, yeah. <laughs> Man, he, he, he made that film so much more watchable. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering, oh, what the fuck, I can went to get the burbs. It's on Netflix, isn't it? So, chill it in. Aye, so, from director Joe Dante. Man buying quite a few films that I've, I think I've actually seen, like, watched quite a lot as a kid. Uh, and Gremlins was his, was his big one, aye. Aye, so before uh, The Burbs you had Parada. I've still not seen that. Um, I think I saw, like, the remake. Oh, uh, Like, <laughs> just Parada 3D, aye. aye. And just this for the nonsense factor. Aye, I was... And aye. it was because I'd got a 3D telly and the player was like, right, and that's always the fucking cheapest Blu-ray. Like, that's probably given away with fucking magazines now, it's that cheap. I know. So, there was that. Uh, the Howling. So why not someone will see that? That's actually, for the sounds of the plot, it's quite interesting. Uh, it seems that's like... That's E.T.'s mummy. Life is in that. Oh, I I never uh, looked that far into it, but it seems like to be. Thing, it does, aye. It looks like people going to a remote mountain town where the, all the residents are werewolves. Oh, fucking werewolves were really a big hit in the 80s, because you had the Howling, American Wolf in London, aye. and Silver Bullet was all on. Aye, and that's just, well, that's the fucking nameable ones. You'll have like. Fucking uh, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Fucking, it was, that was definitely the fucking era of fucking wolves in films. Dances well, with wolves? Well, I couldn't, Maybe 90s? Maybe, uh, although, it's hard to imagine a, a wolf with Parkinson's. Oh, Michael. Denny. <laughs> Sorry, that had to. Uh, let's see, he's also the man behind Gremlins and Inner Space. And I, I liked that one. It was good. That, that was the one where the dude shrunk into the size of a pillar and injected into a fucking aye, dude's bloodstream. Aye, it's like a wee spaceship. Yeah. Say Dennis Quaid was the pilot. Aye, I watched that. I remember fucking vivid memories of that film in a my head as a kid. Total psycho doctor. The guy that had the injection, or that was chasing, or what was his name, Martin Short. Right. And they were chasing him. And it was just a guy who was fucking relentless. Mm-hmm. They just, every time you're like, you thought it was quiet, and unless he sees a guy appearing with a fucking syringe, like, oh, nah. I bet that would still be a fucking pretty good film to watch. Ah, I've not seen it years, but I was yeah. uh, Now, let's see our cast behind the burbs. We've got Tom Hanks as Ray Peterson, Bruce Stern as Mark Rumsfeld, Carrie Fisher as fucking Nagy Carroll, uh, <laughs> Rick Duku Common. As Art Weingartner, uh, Corey Feldman as Ricky Butler, Wendy Scull as Bonnie Rumsfeld, uh, Henry Gibson as fucking Werner Klopek, uh, is it Brother Theodore as uh, Brother as Rube? Uh, oh, Rube. <laughs> <laughs> There's about nine on tension scale there, Rube. <laughs> and Hans, I've no got the name of Hans, the oh, skinny ginger uh, kid. Right, Mike. What is it for the folks that have dared listen to this while watching it first? What is the plot behind the burbs? Would you say that ah oh, they're pretty friendly? It's a group of people living like in the suburbs of some part in America mm-hmm. that begin to notice that their next door neighbour is just some really kind of unexplained goings on. Aye, especially at night time. Explosions in the basements and aye. And uh, there's also a, a guy with a toupee and a wee dog that just shits on the lawn every day. <laughs> what was his fucking name again? Uh, he was Walter. Walter. And I think it was a little dog was cried. Oh, Queenie. 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 That's it. Because then that was like the first, like, when you got the opening scene with all the music and then uh, it's cut to like the uh, suburbs in the day and it just shows you the dog just saying a dump. Ah, because that's it. On the like, porch. They're the first folk you see because there's a kid delivering the papers and he fucking throws it at him and his dog. Uh, and he's like, you're rotten little. And he doesn't swear. But he sets the dog through on the Rumsfield scare and the fucking... 
Like yeah. a curl one out and yeah. bugger off. <laughs> now, right, Mike, what's your initial reactions of the Burbs? What do you think? It holds up. I uh, watched it last week for for the first time. I've only watched. I think it's. I think it's the second time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I think probably the last time I seen it was when I was doing my standard grades at school. Aye. And I, it was just as fun as I remember it. Mm-hmm. That was it for me. I too think it's a fucking great wee film. It's, it's one of these things like, if it's like, oh, fucking shout five Tom Hanks films now. Like, fuck, I'm never really going to say The Burbs unless it's Aye, a really niche I'd, crowd. I'd probably include Burbs in my top three Tom Hanks. Aye, it is like a wee forgotten or a hidden gem in his collection of fucking 80s films. Like, would fuck think of Tom Hanks in the 80s? It's going to be big, isn't it? That's going to be the default answer for, like, the majority. Maybe the money pit, but the Burbs is one of those ones that kind of... Flew under the radar. Aye, definitely. And you you got to do something a little bit different, like... Had a little bit more of an edge compared to Big Money Pit. Like they're all comedies, uh, but this one had like a wee gruesome, a dark side to it. Uh, and when I was trying to remember back to it, what it was, like the Clopex are just basically straight up murderers. Uh, I kept thinking cannibals or are they vampires? Like it'd been a, like when I was coming to revisit and watch it again. Ah, like, oh, no, there's something dodgy with the neighbours, and I could just never remember what the fuck it was. Uh, but they're more or less that there's nothing, sign like there's no sci-fi edge to this. It's they're just straight up murderers. Uh, creepy, for the soundtrack is like, like Transylvanian. I was, uh, like when I was when I watched it, because I hadn't seen it in so long, I kind of forgot pretty much all of it. I am. Um, I kind of thought maybe like that actually one who uh, in fact the one what people thought they were I thought they were just generally just weird people aye and Until, the neighbours are a bunch of fannies and have thought all these weird uh, things and they're just being fucking terrorised uh, but you had um, like I think of what I thought it was like when you get to see Hans come out of the house for the first time and he's got like the grey face makeup on uh, of a kid that really been neglected of the sunlight uh, and he had fucking Bruce there and he's oh look here comes one of the Huns out of the cave <laughs> <laughs> let's go through the fucking cast so you've got Ray and Carol Peterson which Jesus Christ they argue fucking non-stop in this film like they've got two very different ideas of like what to do with a week off of work uh, Tom Hanks just wants that Carrie Fisher was looking fucking superb in that film as well like Yank oh aye maybe I she wouldn't even be that old at that time was no, it that not. was like late 80s so what exactly so when she, what age was she in Star Wars she was 20s late 20s maybe so she would have been in her late 30s aye so still a cracker <laughs> um, but aye she was she was destined, she just wants to go to the lake, fucking get away from this shitty street. And what fucking... was the name of the son? Nah, oh, fuck, nobody cared about the son. It was weird. Uh, Ray? No, that's the nah, dad. That's the dad. Uh, I, I remember the name of the dog, Vince. Nobody cared about the son. <laughs> he, he, fucking Ray could have been digging up the Clopex basement and came across his son and just fucking shoved him at the rod to find <laughs> someone else. <laughs> He was like an afterthought. I think Ricky Butler was raising him. <laughs> but, aye, so, Ray's got the week off work. All he wants to do is fucking, like, it seems like Shit. really old time is that I want to listen to a baseball game on radio, fix the barbecue, drink a hundred beers, and I think he gets close. Do you know, it's the amount of times, like, where he's got beers and there's at least six, like, half a dozen empty tins uh, always around him. It's like, Jesus Christ, fucking Ray's putting him away hard here. <laughs> it's the only way he gets to sleep at night. Then you've got the Rumsfelds, who, for it is, like Mark and his trophy wife, Bonnie. Aye. Like, Jesus. Like he is punching fucking someone up it. Surely she's in it for the money, yeah. There must be something like maybe a good military <clears throat> pension or. Aye. There's a it's bad that she just like wears like, like the wee like, revealing like bikinis when she's. 
out in the garden that and fucking, fucking Ricky Butler's Ricky's just kind of sitting there like with his sunglasses up and all that. And ah, he could... It's like, ah, you missed a spot down there and all that. Ah, can he could fucking practically see the butcher shop windy for where he's standing and he's like, hey, <laughs> Mrs. Rumfield, no, no tan lines. <laughs> and the fucking angles it is, right off there, that's quite revealing. Like, <laughs> and uh, I think in the fucking Rumsfield's like oblivious to it, uh, and he's like, that kid's a meatball. <laughs> I fucking love Bruce Dennis in this film. He fucking steals it, like, it's like, you'd think, like, he'd call and like, that kid's a fucking pervert. It's like, that kid's a chump. <laughs> but he is, he's, and I like they always have like that little musical cue every time Rumsfeld comes to the show like da na 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 and it's a I read on trivia notes it's a musical cue taken from the film Patton or Peyton oh uh, the Sergeant Patton aye at the war thing aye. exactly because you see him at the start of the film he's got his fucking flag aye he's got the glasses on he looks aye. like the colonel he's got his combats on raise the flag slips and dug shit <laughs> <laughs> but is it, it it has like that small neighbourhood mentality where they'll have like their jealousies like aye Walter's got the immaculate garden that's why that's because he sends his dog to go over shit on Rumsfield's garden aye because he always wonders why he doesn't fucking shit anywhere else eh? aye he's, like, he's got that dog trained Bonnie <laughs> he knows it and there's no to the fucking end like where fucking they crash the ambulance into Art's house and Hans tries to run away he slips and dug shit <laughs> and <laughs> Rumfell runs over to get us and he slips and dug shit as well knocks Hans over like a fucking skittle <laughs> I honestly just pissed myself laughing watching that because I run on they all just slipping on the grass <laughs> um Bruce Dern gets the best lines of the film like when he's they know those wee verbal jabs to the the Klopex when they go to the house. Ah. And of course we talked about art for a second there, the fucking like not a, not really a psycho next na- next door neighbour. Ah, it's just a He's got bit. some fucking imagination though. Ah. What even has his what even has his job? He he just seems to think he even works because he, he didn't even like He's yeah. obviously his best pal to rate. Aye. I think he's never like a house husband because there's no really kids. Maybe he's just unemployed. Aye, and I know, but rem- remember those, I know a bit in the film where they sit on his wife's home. Aye, at the fucking very end. Aye. And they panic. She's in the fucking pink frock with all the suitcases, one of while there's an ambulance on fire on her front door. Yeah. But. Ah, he just seems to just kind of sit at home and come up with, say, half cock theories and ah, he just fucking waltzes into fucking Ray's house and starts like potting off all the breakfast. Ah, and he's like going to eat, what's it? The eggs. Ah, the eggs, aye. He was raking through the fucking fridge chewing on ribs. Ah. <laughs> like, properly, that ah, fucker just eat. That's the same when they go to Walter's house as well, man. Ah, is it just chew the scenery? <laughs> and. Then you got obviously the Ricky. fucking Ricky Butler, Corey Feldman. Aye, now you you brought this up the other week. Like, what deal does is he fucking home alone? Is he? I know. Like, because you see him, he's like painting the fucking porch of the house. Aye, half the time, and then you see him where he's got a bird in the house. Aye, and he's got he's got like these grand visions. Like he, I think he predicts uh, reality television. His girlfriend's going to go to the movie or sit in the house. Like, no, no, get the deck chairs out, sitting along. Oh, this is all you need. This is amazing to sit and watch. That's the first thing they go to sneak in the house. Eh? Aye. But is he, I think if he's either looking after his parents' house yeah. and he's decorating it for him, or he's fucking this rich kid that fucking owns a house in the suburbs. Oh. Because he's got all his fucking, his big speakers out, he's fucking rocking out, painting the fucking porch red. And just doing what he wants, and then he's sitting hanging out with art, drinking beers. Aye. So, it's weird, it just, he must be house-sitting. So, 
surely it's legal to be drinking beers because like art comes across as a person that doesn't really care. Aye. When you're drinking beers and you see him with Tom Hattons, like surely Tom Hattons must be like, aye, come on. Aye, you're a wee bit young for that, son. Give me that beer. Aye, but so, you never really tell. Aye, and it's it's kind of that friendly in the sense that he's not portrayed as a stoner. You think that could have been like that could have been part of his character, but there's never any signs of him fucking smoking weed. Yeah. Like he's got sort of like punk rock friends. And like it's kind of like a surfer dude, even though they're nowhere near the fucking sea. Uh, but he's like, oh no, we got the pizza dude coming, man! The pizza dude! <laughs> I'm going to say pizza dude like 20 times! I'm secretly Michelangelo! One of the, like, bits, of, one of his best bits of the film is the bit at the end where they're sitting on, um... Oh, Clopex car. Aye. Like, oh, him and all his pals. Yeah, he's like, get off my car now! It's a nah man, a pizza dude's gonna be here. <laughs> Chill, have this talk. Alright. And fucking speaking of the Clopex, like, as soon as you saw, because that's it, you see Hans first, uh, then you see Rube, uh, and like the whole things with the notes, and he's sitting chucking it over the fence, uh, where, what was it written in the notes? Like, we know what you're doing or something. Uh or we're on to you and he's walking past and just chucks in Ray's garden <laughs> and ours like no maybe it's a candy wrapper no a credit card bill you know you know what those things are like they'll just fly away no that's, that's my notes yep <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's when fucking Henry Gibson Wagner Clopet comes out uh, the basement is like fucking Illinois Nazis that's <laughs> 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 a fucking like, it's the weekend for the Blues Brothers. <laughs> oh. What else was he fucking? I don't know what else he's done, but I was so fucking happy to see him in this film, I think. Uh, um, this, let's talk about the fucking soundtrack to this film for a minute. Because it does. It, it's put to good use in this film, like, every time that garage door opens, uh, that fucking the organ kicks out. Uh, cookie music and stuff. It uh, kind of, it's almost... Uh, it kind of almost reminds me and it's not cheesy it's it's like a fine line between atmospheric and cheesy but they set a mood to fucking perfect every time that garage door opens the organ comes on and there's the fucking back of the garage has got this green light fucking drill down to kind of what he was doing just to kind of set the mood of oh they're sinister they're something evil this boy only drives his car to the bottom of the driveway and he's stuffing a body like a fucking black bag in the bin. But uh, the composer behind this film is a dude cried Jerry Goldsmith. Ah, uh, uh, the name rings a bell. Ah, he, he's got some fucking films behind his name. And the mentions uh, pattern was used for Rumsfeld based on the 1970 American epic biographical war film about US General George S. Patton during World War Two. Now... Like Jerry Goldsmith's other credits include Logan's Run, Planet of the Apes, Chinatown, The Omen, Alien, Poltergeist, Gremlins, Total Recall, Air Force One, The Mummy, three Rambo films, and five Star Trek films. Alright, aye. The guy's got a fucking decent CV. Aye. So that's it. Like, you could probably write... Okay, right now I can't even think of the fucking music behind uh, The Mummy, but you'd imagine that you could tell when it's on, like, the dude behind it. Like, when you hear, like, fucking Hans Zimmer doing, like, Pirates of the Caribbean and things like that, you can there's a dude that fucking kins what he's doing when it comes to composing films. He could set a mood. But this one, because there isn't, because that's the only music that's in the film, isn't it? That and when they have like these little western moments when Ray and Art go to the Clopex house for the first time. Oh yeah, when they're dead each other. Aye, and they're walking up the fucking like the the path to the house, and it turns into like an old western, and the camera zooms on each fox's eyes. Uh. You've got. Fucking uh, Rumsfeld taking his glasses down. Mrs. Rumsfeld looking concerned. Ricky Butler 
watching, and then it zooms in Walter, and it zooms in fucking Queenie's eyes, the fucking close-up of the Doug watching him walk up the driveway. And that whole fucking sequence where uh, who put, was Art puts his foot through the porch, Aye. then Ray chaps the door and the fucking number turns to 666. Uh, it's just all those little touches then they chap it again and the fucking sign falls off and there's a swarm of bees comes out oh yeah <laughs> and fucking uh, Romsfield's on the other side of the street he's like I've got you boys I've got I the hose run to the hose and he's running the fucking hose and stops and he goes flying fucking backwards <laughs> like a fucking wire pull sends him flying uh, this film is actually is a fucking wee gem now, speaking, uh, we've said this bit, it's that already, the garbage, the fucking garbage uh, day when that kicks in and you uh, have Robert Picardo and Dick Miller is the other dude. Dick Miller. And he is a fucking Kent Fist with Joe Dante films, uh, Gremlins, as you said. Like, uh, I think that's probably his biggest one, because uh, both Dick Miller and Robert Picardo show up in uh, Matinee. The only reason I'm saying it is just because I can still remember that one for last year. And Robert Picardo was in charge of the cinema that was showing the movies. And Dick Miller was one of John Goodman's fucking stooges. He would show up to the cinema showing his films uh, and try... He's sort of like Bible bashing. Oh no, this man's sinning! And he's more or less an actor he'd hired to fucking cause a stir and gain interest in his film. But... It's the whole shit with all these fucking running, like, arts there, pulling out the trash, fucking run, uh, fails, cotton's fucking, on. He's fucking climbing in that show. Aye. Screwing it over the fucking street. Aye. And they're sitting fucking talking about the rules. Oh no, once it's on the street, it's, it's, it's public property. And fucking Rumsfield's diving in, he's half fucking shaved <laughs> and he's lying on his back, like, what you gonna do? Like he, he's like, then, I pay your wages with my taxes. <laughs> and then it cuts to fucking Ray's son telling him that they're in the garbage compactor and he fucking bolts at the hoots. Aye, he's having a fucking brilliant argument with fucking Carol saying, it's like, go do something, like get a tan, like, get a tan, I'm wearing pyjamas. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, fucking Tom Hanks meltdowns are fucking amazing. He always seems to have like this thing where he can just go perfectly daft without overplaying it. He always uh, seems to have this wobbly hand thing where just uh, like this real physical comedy to it. But then, well, fucking Walter disappears. Because uh, it's all during that chaos fucking body finds Queenie. Queenie uh, and more or less they, they find a thema in the garden. Where, like, fucking Vince and they're sitting playing fetch trying to get rid of the dog. Uh, <laughs> Walter catches, no, fucking Art catches on going, wait a second, this is a femur. And Ray said, what the fuck are you on about? He's like, it's biology 101. This is Walter's leg. And it goes fucking crazy camera for a minute. But it zooms in their, their face and they're just going, It's like, oh, alright, can't do <laughs> And they do a wee bit of recon going in his house, eh? Ah, uh, they break in. Ah, uh, they fucking, fucking they try to spend ages trying to try to do this. He's like coming in with a fucking glass cutter. Aye. Uh, it's like, it says something about it's like when there's a window open, it's like, oh, you, the window's not fucking open. You cut it open. <laughs> you remove the pane of glass to uh, get in. Aye, uh, because it's, it's oil. I'm pretty much fucking it's even. It's even a Bonnie's in fucking... There. Did Carol go in? Carol goes in. Bond goes in. They're all concerned. Ricky Butler. Everybody goes in. Aye, and there's like, there's a sign of a struggle and there's like the chairs flung on, the TV's left on. on. And the fucking key bit is like, you know something's wrong. Like, you know, one of the things with these old guys, they don't leave the house without their hair. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're fucking toupees laying in the kitchen. Uh, (laughs) And then it's where Art goes in the fridge and he's got a fucking plate of cookies. And the Ricky will slam the door open. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> smashes the plate. Uh, Not, knocks it and fucking obliterates the plate in uh, his hands. It's, and then they're like, right, all right, we're overreacting, so then they write the note saying it will work. But they, they word it so uh, terribly. Like, We've got your dog. I know. And then they post it through the door, ways to pay. That was fucking brilliant, but 
at the very end of the film, they come back to that joke where there's like a police officer basically reading the rights to Tom Hanks after he survives his explosion. It's like, these people have been threatened, and I got a threatening note saying, you've got their dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, where the fuck did, like, talk about foreshadowing, like, I will bring that joke back later on. <laughs> but, this more or less leads to them all deciding, like, the wife's decide. Or, bring cookies, introduce ourselves, and we'll find out more than you have all week via your fucking snooping. Uh, <laughs> and they played the fucking gag again with the porch uh, but it was, it was um, fucking Rums, Rums, Rumsfield uh, Rumsfield <laughs> with a fucking tray of brownies played <laughs> 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 <Like> down <laughs> and like I'm pretty sure nobody swears in this film but that was a total ah oh, fuck moment it was like there goes the brownies <laughs> uh, so they tap the door and then fucking hands shows up Shows up, this uh, is looking like a frightened ginger zombie, mm. and we rob the daylight below it. Aye, and that's when you get to meet the fucking Rube. And it's like the, it's, I'm trying to think of their house. It's the whole thing with the creaking pipes. Aye, because he knocks on the pipes. Bruce is just going, and the fucking chaps back. Like, ah, someone tied up in the cellar, eh, Rube? <laughs> and it's like, oh, you're a prick, but I love it. <laughs> Just go bust his balls, keep doing it. And then it's by the. It's fucking Tom Harness when he has like the total sneezing fit. <laughs> and he fucking grabs like a newspaper and sneezes <laughs> in it. Because, <laughs> ah, like, he, that's like you see it, he, he acts erratic in the film, but there's also Aye. at some point he discovers water's to pay. I mean, but he figures that out once he. Sends Carol away to the lake, and it's where he acts like everything's. Ah, it's ah, no, it's fine. Ah, it's fine. And then They're normal neighbours. And then he says to fucking ah, it goes, it goes back when we put the note through the door. I slip waters to pay through the door because ah, I found it in the fucking door leading to the basement. Aye, ah, that's where the fucking giant dog, fucking Scooby Doo, comes out <laughs> the basement. Aye. But it's a bit in same scene though when they're in the house and like <coughs> fucking Hans comes through with a snack and it's like sardines and oh, fucking pretzels. Uh, sardines and pretzels <laughs> like fucking you can see the regret in Tom Hannes' face when he's got the pretzel with the fucking sardine on it he's just like he's got this kind of bloated wide eyed <laughs> and the, the sound editing of every squelch and crunch <laughs> like you hear every fucking uh, and then uh, obviously you will fucking does it know that night you get the fucking nightmare sequence uh, I think at what point yeah, it is but that, that's a bit you need to talk about that's, when, that's when obviously because then obviously he's been spooked the doctor the doctor sleep. fucking shows up in there at the bit where they go to the house man aye he comes at the basement with And he seems gloves. to be kind of a bit more accommodating. Aye. He's like, oh, gosh, that's what I've said to the university. We, we need to speak to our neighbours. It's a shame we'll be moving soon. <sighs> and Baez is like, ah, I'll just shake him with my bloody glove. Uh, I think in what his excuse was for that, or even if he said anything, I could just apologise as, but uh, you'd be like, wait a second, that's, that's, <laughs> that's blood. Uh, I can't remember what the excuse was. I got. Does he know panic? And that's when he fucking ends up pulling the dog out of the basement and all, uh, it all runs away. But obviously, fucking. Tom Hanks, they, well, Ray's character fucking shifts at the end when the the dog goes out, Art's in the back garden trying to break in. Isn't uh, it? Uh, and they're all standing on the porch and fucking Ray's shaking Werner's hand. Say, no, no, it's fine, don't worry. You're a good neighbour. I think we'll see you really soon. And it's like his mood's total changed, and that's him starting his act, where he's like on the women's sides. Uh, let's say him, he's like, aye, we're going to go and like, have a few beers, have a few rooms of golf, and then fucking, fucking arch up and full up. golf attire. Uh, he's like, look, I got gloves so I can play golf. 
And then one of like, look, we're definitely playing golf. This is not a lie. That's not my alibi. We're going to play golf. Look at me. Golf. And as soon as they fucking they fly away, they just fucking chuck everyone aside. Right. Let's go. And that's when was that after the fucking was that after the nightmare sequence? I think that nightmare sequence was maybe early on because I'm pretty sure. Nah, it wasn't it? It was. Thing we Disney show up in the nightmare because. One point he's on a barbecue grill and you've got fucking a uh, rube over him, just saying something like you you know too much or uh, I don't one bother of the us. fucking. Uh, he shows up as an ice cream man because of the fucking <laughs> horror stories he was telling uh, them at the fucking start of the film, <clears throat> but it's the fact that all the shit he's watching on his telly where there's first one it's some woman being sacrificed to a tribe, next one's fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and he eventually falls asleep. Well, it's that shot where he wakes up and he's going downstairs and the fucking chainsaw starts cutting through the fucking wall in front of him. <laughs> oh, shit. I, they just fucking love referencing other films in this. Aye. The whole thing when after Carol's left, Rumsfield fucking takes position on the roof Aye. of his fucking house to watch it all. Art goes to fucking climb out of the fence to fucking get rid of the tripwire. Aye, I love how fucking proud as punch Rumsfeld is on his roof. It's like, Red Rover, Red Rover, let art go over. And then he says, super rain, he does it all works. And he's got this shit-eating grin where he's like, oh, I love this shit. Fucking America. And this is the, like, and Ricky's the same. He's like, oh, dude, I'm inviting all my pals over. This is going to be the day where go see some fucking action on this street. That's all we hear and watch. Look, look at that guy on the roof with the fucking sniper scope. <laughs> and they're all getting shit. Oh, come on, let's go order a Mickey D's. He's like, no, man, pizza, dudes. You'll get here eventually. <laughs> it might be the fucking dead of night when he shows up. But it does, it quickly switches. Uh, it doesn't switch the, the evening that quick, but there's a moment where they've dug up and they can't find anything Aye. else. And they have to decide they need to go in the basement. But what the fuck happens that causes Rumfield to fucking fall off his roof? Like, that's some fucking shot. Like, some fucking poor stuntman had to fucking roll down that roof and land in the fucking garden. I can't mind. I didn't care if it was Ricky Butler had done something or... Oh, I can't mind. But something fucking distracted him and he fucking <laughs> lost his balance of Monofi. <sighs> No, it was the fucking, the, the charge up in the basement. Uh, it kind of done like a shudder because you see his sniper scope rolled in the roof and uh, he reached out the gate losing his balance. Uh, because it's some fucking industrial furnace uh, in the basement, isn't it? Ah. Uh, no. Because it's got like a fucking... There's a generator, like it does uh, like a big uh, fucking charge up and then the fire shoots out into the fucking room. Because <laughs> that's all they want. It's like... Tom Hanks has got that great line where he says, I'm not fucking leaving their house until I find bodies. And it comes into the point where there is no fucking bodies. When they're in the basement, fucking Clopex come back. And he's fucking, like, decided, right, maybe they've buried it in the fucking soft soil of the basement. <laughs> and he fucking strikes the fucking gas line. Uh, and like, just that moment going, <laughs> like, what the fuck is the hit? And it's fucking art that says that in the old boat in that giant fucking explosion. <laughs> and that, aye, because is this no when Carol's coming home and the Clopex get halfway home, notice all the fucking chaos going on and they drive off and fucking, they get the police. Aye. And they all come back together. But they come out just in time as their fucking house blows up. Aye, and then fucking, when Hans is kind of getting patched up, you see, um, so I had no speak to one of the journalists and then fucking he ends up like I was fucking Tom Hanks ready to get arrested and he goes in and he starts to fucking attack Art he fucking loses his rag with fucking Art because <laughs> there's no bodies and they start fucking fighting it. Art's trying to bite his fucking fingers <laughs> off and but it's when like Hanks well Ray finally gives up 
I said, no, I just want to go to a fucking hospital, leave me alone, I'm fucking tired uh, of this shit. He puts himself on the gurney, he fucking throws the gurney in the ambulance, jumps in, lies on it like a fucking stroppy teenager going to his bed. They just lies there, I just want to go to the ambulance. Yeah, was like, uh, I didn't came to the hospital, you're going to, but I'll, I'll figure something out. And he's like, aye, aye alright, that's fine. And there's no until you get the fucking twist when fucking Klopek, Dr. Klopek, Goes uh, in, and Ray's just thinking, "Oh, maybe I'm getting like examined by him." And uh, he says, "It's something's like you destroyed, like you found the skulls in the furnace." It's like they never looked in the fucking furnace, did they? They just turned it fucking on. They never thought to look in it. And it's like you've destroyed it. It's like, I need a human skull. And he's got the fucking syringe. It's like oh, everything they said was true. And then fucking hands in the driver. Aye, ah, they fucking take off and. They just have like a wee scrap in the back of the ambulance, don't they? Call it like he grabs hands at the seat and they cause it to fucking drive into Art's porch. Aye. And then they all roll out. Aye, Ray rolls out the fucking. Fucking the doctor. doctor on the gurney. Aye, they have a, like a wee fucking journey. It's not as if they're on a hill but it <laughs> goes down the street, turns that's the corner, clearly hits a fucking, the car. That's clearly attached to a car that's fucking. <laughs> fucking so being yanked in the street. Aye. And then obviously you see like everybody hand the wee talking to the journalist at the end and all that and then obviously his fucking uh, Rumsfield fucking clawing hands aye it's like where, where are you going Pinocchio he <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's fucking dressed up with some later hose and a little cap on it's like where, where did they go the day were, were they going um, to the fucking links market what's going on oh man but it was it was like where are you going and he just slips and dug shit <laughs> It's the most gra- the most satisfying moment to see them go whoop and then fucking Rumfield running like a bull <laughs> also slipping on dog shit. Oh but it is when it's all fucking said and done and there's like, No, I'm innocent and they fucking hit the bit of the car and it's like uh, Ricky just lifting up the blanket. He's like, Well he- here's your evidence right here, man and then the fucking Bonnie's screaming and right enough, that's a fucking boot full of fucking bones and skulls. I think why they've been away all day and never thought to dump it. I know. Uh, just believe in the boot. Nobody will suspect it, nobody trying to blow up our house. Uh, aye, after that. Ah, you just get thingly. Fucking Ray. So yeah, yeah, I guess time to go on vacation. Hey Ricky, you fucking keep an eye on the street when I'm away. And fucking Ricky's like, yes, sir, fucking. And he goes, like, the last line of the film, he's like, I love this street. Uh, it's, it's a fucking cracking film. Like, it's something like, it, it is, I would classify it as sort of like a, if you kind of get into the mood of, like, re- religiously watching horror films in October, like, October's the perfect time to watch things like Halloween, Fright yeah. Night. I think the Burbs easily slits, like, slots into that. Even though it's not really like a, a Halloween uh, horror themed heavy, but there's just something about it that it's maybe just because it's 80s that it kind of <laughs> like, fits snugly in about things like Fright uh, Night. and. But it's just one of those things that you. It's, it's actually an, a really easy film to watch. Aye. Like. The rewatchability of it is a lot fucking easier than having to watch Lady and like Schindler's List. Aye. <laughs> the stuff is like, aye. The Burbs is a good fucking chill out film. You could put that on, and even if you missed the start of it, you could aye, get you a little bit of 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 a no matter what bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of uh, trivia which is, is actually it's no surprising that the set like this is set in the universal backlot uh, and also they've done that wee camera trick at this the start and end of the film where it's the universal logo uh, and it yeah, zooms yeah, right yeah, down yeah. onto the earth but uh, that street is like um, well it's yeah, it's like a giant set which universal have reused time and time again that street is also the same uh, block of houses they use for the Desperate Housewives. Alright. Which is obviously they've all been gussied up. And the same with uh, fucking Ricky Butler's house, 
it was also the house they used for the monsters. Uh, That's why you you they said you never get a real good look at Ricky's house because if you seen it it would be too distinct like folk would have recognised it being the monster's home. Uh, so that's why you always really just see the porch uh, or just wee close-up shots. You never see the house fully. Mm. And supposedly the film was shot in sequence and filmed during the writer's strike of 1988. So even though that uh, Dana Olsen, the writer, appeared in the film, uh, he was prohibited from contributing anything to the script whilst on set. So for this reason, Joe Dante encouraged the actors that, to do a lot of improv in their scenes. One example is when Rumsfeld rips the Clopex wallpaper. <laughs> so I was just Bruce Dern being a dick. Mm. Uh, and another idea was, well, which which is actually quite easy to believe, Art ad-libbed most of his lines. Uh-huh. That's no really a surprise, is it? And including the one where fucking Tom Hanks is trying to ignore him. And he's like, you're doing satanic chants. No. Uh-huh. And it's like, Satan is good. Satan is your pal. Like, things like that is all things he came up with. And also the the Jeopardy moment between... Uh, him and uh, Aye. Them basically talking back to the TV was ad-lib. Like, them with a notepad or just something they came up with on set that day. Now, there is a couple alternative endings to it. There's supposedly three on record. The one that we've all seen... Uh, on the Arrow Blu-ray, they have an alternative ending where it's slightly edited. Basically, the ambulance doesn't crash into Art's house. Uh-huh. Um, the more or less, I think it ends up the same that the Clopex get caught, and it, it turns it. It goes more to like basically they end up in the police station. The fucker getting interviewed about what's happened, and that kind of ends on that note. All right, and. In the actual scripts, fucking Klopek kills Ray in the back of the ambulance. Yeah. And they get away with it. It's like, oh, that would be a dark fucking ending. Like, I can't imagine the film where they just killed Tom Hanks at the end of it. Like, mm. it's, a, it's a weird one to picture just the th- thought of fucking Klopek wears fucking needle, killing Hanks, and mm. gets away with Hank it. I it would have been. I think it probably would have been good. Aye. Kind of, like, that I always say, like, the, the viewers knowing that they were was, right, uh, and they did get away with it. Yeah. And that was, a, but that was only in the script. It was never filmed. Uh, but I would have thought that would have been an interesting one. Right. Uh, facts and figures. Now, when it comes to the money behind the birds... The budget for this one was $18 million back in the day. Now, do you think it made its money back? Uh, maybe only slightly. It done alright. Domestically, it pulled in $36 million. So it doubled it. Mm-hmm. And by the time it got worldwide, it pulled in $49 million. Ah. So that's a no bad return, especially for being like one of... It's again. We we're saying it's I, never the first one you think of. Aye, it wouldn't have been considered like a you know, like a triple A title. Sort of aye, and it it would have maybe had some some heat behind it because it was coming out after Gremlins, mm. and I reckon if it was in the case of it never hit as big as Gremlins did, so he just went back to the well and did Gremlins too. Mm. But. Uh, when it comes to Amazon one star reviews, oh. out of the one hundred and seventy five reviews on Amazon for the Burbs, there is only nine one stars. And uh, is there any actual legitimate yeah. one star reviews? Let's see. And actually, a lot of it seems to be people complaining about the Blu-ray. Like, huh. Excellent film ruined by an appalling transfer to Blu-ray by Melvin. If you know the Burbs. That film is here. Okay. Uh, but this transfer is amongst the most noisiest and downright poor I have ever seen. It is even more pronounced due to the fact of pre-filming extolling the quality and giving the credit for the person making the scan and approval by the director. 
If I could send it back, I would. Which I'm pretty sure you can't send a film back if you didn't want it. Aye. Aye. I wouldn't offer that service. Aye. It, it is a very poor quality product. Following that one, you've got Robert. Uh, not what you expect for a Blu-ray. I love this film. And I was expecting crystal clear copy, but was disappointed that it was watching... But was disappointed that it was like watching a VHS instead. Five star film, one star Blu-ray by Mr. W. <laughs> I rate this film so highly that I just bought it just to see the alternative version that was included on the Arrow Steelbook release, costing around 20 quid earlier in the year. So I couldn't believe my luck when I saw this release at only 2 for £10, figuring a sensible price drop occurred, I snapped up. Optimism turned to despair when it turned out all you got for your money was a restored picture and sounds. No extras included at all. Yet, the other version has uh, Joe Dante's alternative version, plus commentaries and extras galore. Why do this? Release two versions of the film and scrimp on extras for a budget version. So wrong. So I had to look into this because fucking half the reviews was complaining about like two different Blu-rays. And right enough, Universal released it on Blu-ray and Arrow released it on Blu-ray. So as you'd imagine, Arrow released a special edition including theatrical cut and the newly restored uh, from the original film, isolated music and effect soundtrack, new audio commentary from the writer and uh, documentary There Goes the Neighbourhood Making of the Burps a new feature length documentary including interviews with Corey Feldman uh, Courtney Gaines and Wendy Sal that was him that, Courtney Gaines was fucking hands alright aye, aye the original work print cut of the film transferred from the director Joe Dante's personal copy on home video for the first time including deleted scenes and alternative scenes a Tale of Two Burbs, a featurette comparing the versions between work print and the theatrical cut with audio commentary from Dante Olsen, uh, the alternative ending presented in HD for the first time, and of course, a reversible sleeve for your disc. Hey, what alternative ending have they got in it? It's the one where the ambulance doesn't crash into the house. Alright. So, and they end up in a police station, I think. Oh. Then you've got. The Universal Blu-ray, uh-huh. which special features include a trailer. Yay! Well, that is it. Trailer, that's what it's all about. Is it? That's what I bought it for. Man, honestly, do you remember years ago we used to buy Blu-rays and not DVDs and they were fucking always packed? Aye. Well, majority of them were always packed with stuff. Like, you were getting, like, two and three disc versions of films where you were getting, like, mm-hmm. two discs worth of fucking... Special features, documentaries, interviews. That's what I used to love about getting like those uh, Hong Kong Legends DVDs back in the day. You'd buy one film and it'd have a couple interviews, but I would also have 12 trailers for other films in their collection. And it would just blow my mind like, <gasps> uh, what's next for films and swearing? Uh, Call of Heroes with Tom KW from Podcast on Fire. I'll be coming in next. Housekeeping uh, for our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and Amazon links. Just go to filmsandswearing.com. It's just all chucked about the page if you want to find us on social networks. Go to our Amazon link at the bottom if you want to do your shopping. You can go buy the right version of the Burbs from Arrow. Don't buy the Universal one. Unless uh, you really want to see that trailer. Consider buying the Arrow one now. Ah, that's tempting. I was paid the other day as well, so. Oh. Like, uh, oh. Maybe, who knows it might be a decent I arrow here sale on the as well that might be a good time to fucking pick it up mm-hmm. that only one arrow title I've got is Big Trouble aye I've got the same one a reversible sleeve one exactly I, I reversed that sleeve quite like instantly I wanted the movie poster cover I've, not uh, this I've no fucking crap to the plastic plastic wrap yeah uh, you should definitely because after re-watching it, I then noticed it has an audio commentary on it with John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. Alright. And they're just sitting, fucking just hanging a blather, like they forget the fucking film's on, or they're sitting talking about scenes that, ah, we were, we were made to film this bit, 
Kurt Russell would just seem to have just walked on set and just fucking done what he wanted. See, I would have... See, I, I, I couldn't... I don't think I ever watched a film where they fed the audio commentary on it. Aye. If anything, I would have it, the audio... I'd have it on so that you just hear nothing but the audio commentary. Uh, as like a podcast a, almost. A podcast, aye. Yeah. Well, that's it. Back in the day, that was a big thing again with Hong Kong Legends because there was they had these Bay Logan audio commentaries on it and it was more or less that was how you learned more information about fucking Hong Kong cinema or where uh, cunts were nowadays or what other films to check mm. out so watching them was always just a chance to find out more like just to fucking dig deeper into the rabbit hole of fucking Hong Kong cinema but uh, I was always told that the audio commentaries between John Carpenter and Kurt Russell are always supposed to be pretty fucking stellar. So, on your... And they've done a few. They've done Escape from New York. Like, on that Blu-ray, there's a commentary. And then talking oh, again. Oh, just a regular one? I think so, I, I uh. uh The Thing, as well. There's an audio commentary with those pair. Same with Big Trouble in Little China. It's like they just enjoyed fucking... Uh, fucking meeting up and shooting the shit. Talking about the thing, I'm actually just... That's a worthy, a worthy re-release uh, from Arrow. Because when you see like the re-releases, are like fucking packed with stuff like posters, like we cards and shit, like we film cells and that. Aye, well that's it. The thing is a giant fucking movie. Like that should have, that should be the biggest release they do this year. I would like to uh, imagine. Because remember last year, last year it was Assault and Prison Thirteen. Aye, I was in the arrow. It was somebody else. Um, but aye, they done. They went over and beyond. Aye, fucking forty quid. Aye, I think it's twenty new. And saying I've still no fucking. The new arrow that does the big huge. It's got the big Tony Darko thing as well, doesn't it? They did do the Donnie Darko Donnie set. Donnie Darko. Um, They're releasing all the house movies. They got the house box set. Aye, I've only ever seen the second one. I've never. I think I've, I've, I think I've seen the first one, but never really well, yeah. remember it. But there's about that's four like or five of like, those things. It's like it's kind of like a, a a horror film as well that isn't a heavy feature on like gore and scares. Aye, kind of in the middle. It's like cowboys sort of thing, eh? like western. Right, Because there's that and. What was that, the other big release Arrow's just done? I think it's Phantasm. Aye, uh, uh, They've just done, they released like five <clears> of those. Because uh, I remember they done the, before Christmas, they done the Hellraiser one as well. Aye. Uh, they thought were going daft on. Aye, folk were basically, buy, like, thought that managed to pre-order it, were buying more than one copy and just scalping them on eBay. Aye, uh, because they were going for something ridiculous. Aye. And that's it, when, when I'm, fucking when I could be bothered to write fucking reviews they'll send me the fucking blu-rays but I've got like a Japanese uh, triad and cop saga like battle without honour or humanity mm. and I've got sent like fucking eight films and I was like oh it's so much work <laughs> and it's like eight films and they all, there were two discs like one was the film the other one was all the special features so yeah. I had like 16 discs sent to me in a part of the envelope and it's like <laughs> and I had a timeline of three weeks and that was two years ago and I've still not watched them <laughs> I was like I'm sorry I've just decided I'm not reviewing it I can't, I can't review films anymore so I think like, like I've got the th- also I've got the thing on Blu-ray and uh, I was got the silver sleeve uh, in the plastic case and thing and I never usually fucking double dip mm-hmm. but if it's a worthy release I'll be Aye, I'd imagine I would like to think that it'll bring in special features that you would have got on the last Blu-ray, but then hopefully they went the extra mile and done some new updated ones. Aye. Exactly like what I said there, but the Burbs had had a, a fucking a newly shot making of, where they're interviewing the fucking cast members that they could get a hold of, and so I I'd want like a maybe a new documentary on like the thing. Uh, Maybe we fucking interview with Keith David and I'm sure Kurt Russell fucking talked to any cunt that's uh, that'll listen. So well for Brimley, is he's he's still alive? Oh, maybe. Mm. But fucking John Carpenter's still kicking about. Ah, like, I, I mean he looks more like fucking Lopan 
No, but I'm sure he's happy to talk. Uh, other than that, let's see. We've got Patreon for $1 a month. You could get full access to our extended podcast, hours of additional content, reviews, and chopped first selfies. That last part might not be true. Patreon.com forward slash FAS podcast. So $1 gets you full access to our content for the month. Uh, shout outs to Andros for our theme music. Thanks to Stu and our listeners for tuning in and letting us fill our lugs. But now it's time for us to pull out. Fuck off and tune in next week. Aye. I fucking love this street. <laughs>